What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster, the podcast where we're telling inspiring stories that resonate. And I'm your host, Paula Sanders. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or just someone looking to level up in your life, I'm here to give you the tools, inspiration, and advice to help you reach your full potential. On this podcast, we'll explore topics like personal growth, relationships, and self-care, because living your best life means being the best to yourself. The world is your oyster, and together, we're going to crack it open. Today, if I sound extra excited, it's because I am, because I just got to spend two and a half hours with my podcast kings, Chris DeRosa and Dominic Pupa, the hosts of Fixing Famous People. They just left my apartment and we just had the most glorious two-hour recording talking all about their lives in reality TV and how they started their show. And we just, we got into all the comedy. And guys, I think that I might become like part of their show. I think that, I think we're going to start a comedy trio. I don't know. It, it just felt right. So the problem I also this week was definitely recording this podcast because it reminded me of why I started the show and why I do this. And it's to put on a show. And I had a freaking blast. So Dominic, Chris, thank you so much for coming. And you guys, I was on Fixing Famous People this week. So without further ado, Welcome to the show, Chris and Dominic. Dominic, Chris, welcome to World's Your Oyster. Today, I'm not even gonna let you talk because this is about me right now. <laughs> this is a big day. I know what that's like, don't worry. This is gonna be a hard, this is gonna be a hard one. This is gonna be a hard, yeah. Everyone, you're, like, you're gonna need to just plug your ears for this one. I, I am so fucking ecstatic to have you two here because I'm like a fangirl. I am obsessed with your show. Your show found me. I have to say, I don't listen to comedy podcasts. I don't listen to reality TV podcasts, but I am basically like a, a gay man running around in a female's body. So yeah, I think that that's- By the way. Confirmed, right? And we've only just met. I think that that's how the universe, as everyone likes to talk about, bought me to you guys. And I have to say, like in a world where everybody takes themselves too fucking seriously, you two don't. And you just- make me so happy. And I, I love you. And now you're here in the flesh. We're here at your house. In my house. And we've That's been, big, actually. It's big. And we've been hanging out for like an hour. We're going to be besties for sure. No, we already are. We're already besties. Yeah. I mean, you really, you've had us in our, we are strangers to you and you've invited yeah, us to your We could have robbed you blind. Home, right. <laughs> so okay. listeners, if this podcast goes silent for five minutes, you should call the police. <laughs> call the fucking police. Okay. So now that you know, this is like a big day for me. So if I'm very excited, it's because there's two fucking giant celebrities in my house and they're, they're going to rob me. So if you don't know, now you know, you are listening to the seventh Highest rated podcast on uh, yes. on on Apple on Apple Podcast. Hello to all eleven million of you listening. These, and the genre has shifted to true crime. Oh, oh yeah, it's a, it's a true crime. These are the hosts of my favorite podcast, Fixing Famous People. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Now let's get serious. Do we have to? No. Okay, amazing. It's funny because it's like, it really is like an unspoken. We have never spoken about this, but it's like, we do not talk about politics or anything like too upsetting on the show. No. Like we yeah, won't bring up like the election, the this, the that. Like you described it perfectly when you like shouted us out in your Paula's Picks episode saying there's so many things that make me want to literally go on the floor and cry and never get up. Yeah. What, when that happens, I turn on this show and like we both separately and like barely have ever discussed, like that is what we want the show to be. Right. And you're, you're absolutely slaying the game. Yeah. Boots yeah. down events. the house. The actual carnival. Yeah, we can do the hard hitting news and by hard hitting, we mean someone falling down on the floor. Right. People.com. Yeah. People.com. People.com's Instagram. Are, as you know, know, our paper of note, our Bible, the altar we worship at. People.com's Instagram. <laughs> Paper of note. <laughs> so as you can tell, these gentlemen are funny, right? So let's just talk about how we kind of get here because, you know, the world didn't just start at, at fixing famous people. So would love to talk a little bit about your journey because you both have very interesting careers that everybody is very, uh, you know, excited <laughs> to learn about. So 
either one of you, take it away and just tell me a little bit. Don't start in kindergarten, please. We don't have all freaking day. But just tell <laughs> me how you've, good part, how you've got... <laughs> what happened to you My in kindergarten? husbands I met that <laughs> <laughs> So just tell me how you get into the world of entertainment. Dominic. I'll take it, Christopher, since my story- We'll take it chronologically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paula, after President Lincoln was shot, I reevaluated what I was doing here at all. Um, I was a theater kid and a broadcast journalism major in college. And I got a job at the Joan River Show as a production assistant at the Joan River Show right out of college. I'd interned there. That's how I, I became a television producer. I took four years of school about trying to learn how to do the news and then just didn't want to do it because I didn't. <laughs> news wasn't as creative as it is now back in uh, 1990. And it just was I wanted something that challenged me a little bit more. And so we, I went into television and then started uh, daytime talk shows and then eventually got into reality and housewives and first New York as a producer, then Atlanta years later as an executive producer and did sort of everything in between. I mean, I've been a television producer for almost 30 years and I also do stand up as well, just going back and forth. I, I have a day job and a gay job and stand up is the gay <laughs> job. <laughs> And um, and you did warm up stand up for. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's yeah. right. I'm also old enough that I need a handler to remind me of <laughs> the events in my life, and that's how Chris and I know each other. I did in in betwixt all these television producing jobs, I you would do the warm up at Ricky Lake, where I was a producer, and Tyra Banks, where I was not a producer, and the the View for a year. That was that was very interesting. So you were the one that comes up and is like, everybody clap, or you get everyone pumped up. It was great. That was it. Yeah, that was it. And it was great when I worked at. Ricky because I got to do both because I was also a producer there, an associate producer at the time. What an iconic time of television, though. It was though. fantastic. The best. You had Ricky Lake. What was it? Sally Jesse Raphael, yeah, right? Jenny Montel. Jones. Maury Montel. Oh, yeah, Jenny Jones. Montel. Jenny Jones. I, and then uh, what was the, the really trashy one? Uh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Like, I lived for those shows. I would run home from school just to watch those shows. They were great. And when I worked on Ricky, it was definitely... In New York at the time, I've told this story before. It's like you either worked, if you were cool, you worked at Ricky Lake, TRL, or Letterman. And that's where like all the cool kids worked, or anywhere MTV at that time, actually, right. like mid to late 90s. And uh, it was sort of like before cell phones and before internet. And we, like, we ran the city. Like, the, we were like entertainment kids. It was, we just thought we were the shit. And uh, I mean, at the time we were. What's sort of. changed at all? Yeah. <laughs> well, now, no, now there are so many television shows. You can't it walk in and bar. Yeah. Like, every time someone says, oh my God, are you binging blah, blah, blah? I just look at them and say, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking. I don't know it. I, there's I a lot of it. content out there. A lot of content. A lot of survival shows and all these things where that Even people surviving are naked. about to me. They're surviving like, naked. Have you yeah, seen these yeah, shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Naked and naked afraid. Naked and afraid, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or the, and, and, and the offshoots of all that are utterly ridiculous. And apparently they are so cool. No, people love them. People them. love them. Where do you work? Oh, I'm a producer at uh, In the Tundra Cave. Have you heard of it? I'm like, no. <laughs> such an idiot. I haven't. <laughs> In the Tundra Cave. I haven't heard that. Have you heard of Erica Jane? That's what I'm watching on television. Yeah. Like that's, I don't watch uh, survival shows. But then that's it. And then my ex-partner worked with Chris on Chopped like 10 or 12 years ago, which is where I met and went to dinner with Chris just that one night with a group of people. And then just sort of, we would hear of each other as the years went by, because we, although there's a, there's a great time difference between us, we work in the same town and in the same genre on television. And I started working very closely with your very good friend, Rebecca Bregman, who became my very good friend and like one of my mentors. And then also we both starred in a, and when I say start, I mean, we're bit players in a- We're both each in ones. A a web series that our friend Tom Chacho wrote and directed right before COVID. And so it's like, we knew we got to know each other better then for sure. And Chris came to a couple of my stand-up shows. He came to a holiday show of mine at the end of 2022 where I saw him. So we sort of reconnected at that. And then a week later, sometime between Christmas and New Year's of 2022, he's like, I want to do this podcast. I think we should do it. And I just was like, yeah, let's just do it. There was no sort of, it it came to me developed by Chris. So he right. was just like, do this with me. And I said, okay. And Absolutely. that was it. And yeah. it was a fully formed idea that nobody else is doing. Which well, I is think we both knew too, because over the years too, people have told us, 
at least me anyway, that we remind them of each other, you know, like, oh, Chris is like a younger version of you. Do you know this guy? I'm like, yes, I know him. But, you know, I joke around (laughs) he's my son and maybe I went to college with his mom and I blacked out Uh, or whatever, which is not the truth. Too many Long Island ice teas. The Long Island ice teas are not getting the play that they need to. Let me just apologize to my listeners on your podcast that we have not been bringing up Long Island ice teas and that is a crime. Anyway, continue. I think that's it, right? Because then we're going to talk about how how you get together. So Chris, tell me. I grew up in the middle, unlike Dominic, I did not grow up like a stone's throw away from New York City. And so I- Meaning Long Island, yes. by the way. Just, You're Long Island yes, too? Yes, ma'am. Are stop. you? Yes. Stop acting like you don't I know this. Go to the bathroom. This is going to be 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> where on Long Island did you grow up? I grew up in Holtzville, Ron Konkoma, Okay. Yep. I grew up in Oceanside and then moved to Smithtown. I graduated from Smithtown. Oh, okay. So. so those are like rich towns. I like are Smithtown, they? Smithtown's a little bit rich. Is rich, really? a little. A little bit. Oh, it's better than Holtzville. It's better than Holtzville. Well, how many servants would you say makes a house that's rich? Because we had six. At least two. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Could you even imagine? <laughs> so wait, so did you graduate from Smithtown High School? High School West. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Graduated from Satrum. Oh, of in course. In 2005. They, you, you did that on purpose, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the, the year of my 60th birthday. <laughs> Um, Sachem has like a world-renowned uh, marching band, I believe. Do we? I don't know. That? that was extinct. They didn't do marching band in the 2000s. I would hear, oh, really? Well, <laughs> I don't know. This was, I, mean, I, I just remember in the 80s when I was in high school, they were always... Uh, the marching band that I was in at Oceanside for two years. Yes, you heard me. You were, we'll did, you, did you do, do the I baton? The saxophone. Okay. I, I wish. Baton, probably, oh, I, we need to make a meme of that. I didn't even know what color guard was before marching band. And I'm standing there. <laughs> That's with the flags, the right? Yeah. And I'm like, if I knew that was an option and if it was a little less gay, I would jump right on top of it. Yeah, no, I was not in the marching band, but I will say Sachem is known for being a very large high school. Yes, yes. And I was the exact middle student when I graduated. So when you divide, when I got my number, I divided it by the total and I was the exact. Oh. Wow, the median. I was the median. Oh, yeah. yeah, which means I had to have been less because everybody plays fair. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? They were just doing something nice for me. Yeah, but I'm sorry. But once someone says okay. Long Island. No, I knew this was Well, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a connection. But anyway, yeah. are, are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, doing we, great. Yeah, I'm me too. Great. I'm never going back. Yeah. <laughs> I go back all the time. Are yeah. you okay? My family still lives there. I go back all the time. It's funny when I tell stories now in my adult life about how I grew up because mm-hmm. Ron Konkuma, like Sachem High is a little bit rough. Like a lot of my friends, you know, like drugs and this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there were shootings and I mean, it wasn't that bad, but there was a shooting in my, like not in the uh, school, but somebody shot another. Sure. They're like, wait. She's like, someone shot another person. And we're like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't happen when I went to high school. On, on, uh, on, Holbrook, on Holbrook Road or something like that. It was actually horrible. But they're like, wait, where did you grow up? I'm like, Long Island. Let's just move forward. Like, yeah. let's just keep going. <laughs> and then my uncle calls me and I put him on speed. Hey, Paulie, Paulie, what's going on with the parking garage over there? You all right? Yeah, oh, the parking garage. <laughs> when the parking garage yeah. fell. Oh, my God. I literally, I put it on, I was like, I don't know why I put him on speaker too. And I was with, and I work with a bunch of Italian men, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. But anyway, so I, for whatever reason, I decided to put my uncle on speakerphone that day. And they were like, what did he just say? Yeah. yeah. What actually, (laughs) what words came out of that mouth? Yeah. Paulie? (laughs) Do do people call you Paulie? Are they calling you that now? No, they don't even know how to say it. They don't even know how to like, they don't even know how to like move their mouths like that. I'm like, no, until about 2010, my name was Paula Sanders. Okay. Paula Sanders. Paula. Not, yeah, yeah, Paula. But I, I fixed that. Yeah. So I, I think we're good until I go home or have a couple of drinks, a of couple course. Long Island iced teas, and then I'm right back oh, there. Really? My husband's like, "Where did your R's go?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know." They're, 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 the, they're out the window. Baby gone. They're out. They're out the window. So funny. Yeah, they're out the window. Anyway, so yeah, please. So did not grow up very close to New York City. I grew up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour north of Pittsburgh, 15 minutes away from Ohio. It is technically Amish country. So like. TV. I always knew you looked Amish. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, the people are like, were you Amish? I'm like, no. Because <laughs> you have a beard. Yeah. They don't know. No. But truly lived 15 minutes away from like Amish people that like tilled a farm, like truly. So TV was like my window into the outside world. Like mm. I, you know what I mean? Like the first time, I haven't even really talked about this that much, but like the first, the only gay people I had to watch 
ever that weren't like in a drama about dying of AIDS was like MTV. Like right. it was people on Real, Real World, World the Challenge, yep. like Road Rules. PSY is Road Rules, not a show anymore. I don't know. Why, would they, why not bring back Road Rules? I have no idea. Like that was, it was such a good show. Anyway, continuing on. But they, what was that though? Sorry. They were in a tour they bus, in a right? They were in a tour bus. Yeah, they would go around right. and do challenges and vote people out. It was great. Yeah. I remember, a, do you remember there was this song? This is a true story. Remember that? Yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. five yeah. real world oh. has been. Yes. Why do I know that? Because you watched To it. go on an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Why? Is it John singing it? The dude from LA? The Southern dude? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. Maybe. No, I don't know. But- Always loved reality television. Like I was like a teen when like I love New York and like Flavor Flavor of Love and mm-hmm. Rock of all those VH1 shows. Classics. Like, that was the like best. me and my mom were like mainlining that. Like we were like <laughs> loving. It was new. It was fresh. Yeah. We it never saw like, anything like it ever. Tila Tequila. Like, we used to te- shot a love of Tila Tequila. Mm. My mom and I were lining up to watch that. And like I was a kid that like I would walk in the door from like middle school and my mom would have Oprah on and my mom and I would like watch <laughs> Oprah course. together. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course. TV, TV was a big part of our lives yeah. like forever. So I always wanted to work in TV and I always wanted to do something. And we were like, I mean, I used to have like a truly a Sony handy cam that was my dad's with like the little cassette tape and my friends and I, instead of like doing anything like drinking or like being bad, we you would just like video each other, video each other and do a fake real world in my basement. <laughs> and I would like start and stop the camera to like, like to there give was no like editing. The like guy right. would be like, okay, go. And then I'd be like, and then stop it. And then I would be like, okay, now this is the next thing we're going to do. And that's going to be like truly. And like, I, at the time was not like, this is a career. I was you were like, born for this. Idiots. Yeah. Right. Like, and so went to college, got a film degree and like a couple months out of college, like got my first job on Iron Chef America's final season, which was in what, 2013. And it was like (laughs) funny because it was like, we didn't know it was going to be the final season at the time, but it was, you walked in and I was like, oh, this like, I just know that this isn't what TV is anymore. Like even being that young and not knowing anything, right. I, it was like- Because what, big, that, big budget or it, just- There was cameras coming from the ceiling going yeah, across. Right, 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 right. It was wild. And like the Housewives had started by then, like other shows had started by then. And so it, I was just like, this seems like really a lot. And like, it was a really cool experience. And then from there, I w- then worked on a Rachel Ray show for like a couple weeks. And I had like, $4,000 and it was like the most money I'd ever had in my entire life. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like, I had like worked for a one month and I would, be, I was like, oh my God, I'm rich. Like, what am <laughs> yeah. I going to do? Like, you were true. buying furs. Like you were, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> House in the Hamptons. And like, then started being a PA. I worked on Chopped and then I started working on a show called The Kitchen that was on Food Network. It was like their first season. It's still on today. It's like their Saturday morning talk show. And then I got a call to be a PA on Real Housewives of New York. I did that for a long time. And life changed. Life changed. Um, <laughs> I did a lot of that. And then I've just been working ever since and on all kinds of different shows. And just, I started truly as a PA, like getting coffee, getting people out of Ubers and doing nothing to now being a supervising producer. Weren't you like, but didn't you see my camcorder reels from back in yeah, the day? Like, like why yeah, am no, I getting no, coffee? Like, I truly know, <laughs> but like, I really did like start from the bottom and like yeah. worked my way up and like sure. did everything. Yeah. And so. Well, yeah. isn't it crazy to think now? Because at, I mean, basically you were making Instagram reels yeah. before oh, there no. was an Instagram it's reel. Hilarious. Yeah. Because whenever I see it now, I'm like, these people are making so much money. Like we used to do this like on like a webcam right. that we bought that was like truly like 320p. Like yeah. the, the, And that's how you make a TikTok video now anyway, isn't it? With, don't you yes. like, can't you yeah. do it? Yes. Start, stop. That's You're, fucking how, crazy. How do you make a TikTok video? I don't, I, <laughs> I've, I've never made one I have no idea. <laughs> I'll make a separate video and post it on TikTok. I don't use TikTok as a- Same, but same. regardless, like, they're all doing these dances. Like that's what we did was like makeup choreography so to stupid songs. And like, same. I basically was a Spice Girl. I mean, I grew up dancing. Oh, so I always say, I'm Spice like- Spice Girl's first album was my first CD I ever owned. Yeah. There is a painting of the Spice Girls in my home. Okay. I, I, okay. I, you win. That's all. And you definitely he's, he's win. He's than you. Yeah, okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> He's gayer than you, Polly. Sorry, yeah, Polly. Yeah, you will Wait, never but- be Paula ever again. <laughs> it's Polly. It's Polly. Um, which Spice Girl were you? Scary, obviously. <laughs> I was Jerry. Oh, why is that obvious? I yeah, scary. I don't think it was because scary. I also, no one wanted to be scary, so I wanted to be. You know what I mean? With all of my white friends that all were fighting to be baby, like I was always scary. They were all fighting. Baby was baby the one who wanted, wanted to be. Yeah, the blonde one. Horse forty. 
Not ginger. No, no, I was always ginger. Oh, I feel like they, uh, oh, my friends did. I guess because oh, no, we were like, dancers. we were dancers. You were dancers. Yeah. It would only ever be between ginger and posh for me. Like, never. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be. No, I don't want it to be ginger or baby. Yeah, I want it to be so like funny. on the ground gyrating. That's posh who I wanted like, to be. Kids now would want to be posh because yes. they, they dress like they're like 45 and they're like right? <laughs> truly 12. Right. We were like, what's this like black dress? Like, ew. Oh my like they God. wanted to be wearing like a juicy couture sweatsuit and be put their hair in pigtails and be baby. Yes, was, that's pop. so funny. I was always well, and you were kids at the time I was as well. So I was an adult when yeah, the Spice no, Girls so you came out. So I love Posh was, and Ginger. Yes, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, times have changed. Oh yeah, and so yeah, have sure you. Have. <laughs> so how do the two of you find each other to start this brilliant show that I want to talk all about? And I have a lot of questions. So. So two of our very good friends that we just had dinner with, what, last two nights ago, like Rebecca Bregman and Tom Chacho kind of brought us together because I had worked with Rebecca for a long time. I'd worked with her on Beat Bobby Flay. She then went over to another company. I worked on shows with her there. They had known each other for years. I then was introduced to Tom, their friend. He wrote a web Short series. Film. Yeah, like a web series that we then were both in. Yep. Like, and so we had seen each other a bunch over that and like, when we would be together, we would always have a lot of fun and like have a lot of right. laughs and yeah. And we were like, oh, that's and so- And sound alike. And sound exactly and alike. Contests, and be, right. yeah. Otherwise known as conversations. Yeah, it- where ahead. we just talk at each other and bounce our words off each other's foreheads in and back into our own mouths. <laughs> but you have to try, with the podcast, I'm like, I, it's so hard for me to restrain, right? Because I want to talk, I want to be just as loud as yeah. you, but I'm like, I really had to learn how to pull back. <laughs> we haven't learned that yet at all. And we'll let just, other people talk. We, you know, we've learned when it's time for one of us to give up when we're both saying a different sentence. We'll just do a like chicken, like a what is it called? Play chicken. It is like, like chicken, yeah. <laughs> but, and it's sort of like built in about who wins. It's like I don't. There's no rule for me about when I'm going to stop talking, like over you, or if you'll start stop talking over me. Yeah. I don't know. We know we just have figured it, it just out. Happens. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the concept because I know that you thought of this idea. I went on my friend Kate Casey's podcast. We were talking about Harry and Meghan. She does all kinds of unscripted. Who everyone says that me and my husband look alike. Wait, you kind of are Harry. Oh, Where you are, though. We didn't even put that wow. together. You are. You need to be there for Halloween. We were this year. Okay. Yeah, oh we were. God. We were. No, we look literally- at the, Look at the no, shine in Dominic's No, you at my then. brother's wedding, some random guest, we were just in Cabo for my brother's wedding. They go, oh my God, the royals are here. Oh my they God. They thought we were really bad. No. That's insane. That's Did amazing. Play it up though. I would have dressed like them deliberately the oh, whole time. Oh, I mean, I so was like, looking regal as fuck. Of course they, <laughs> of course they thought no, it was. I completely understand. With, is that why you have that humongous hat? So that, you- <laughs> that was the hat I was going to give Dominic. <laughs> That is the hat from the funeral. So you've made fun of that hat. Like, Why you have like, that hat at home? I have yeah. something very similar to it. It's a, it's a funny hat. But anyway, yeah, everybody um, always says that we, we so are like to No, it's Harry true though. You should do like side-by-sides on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, I basically was talking with her and I said, if I had 15 minutes in a room with her, I, she would be leading this country. Like I just need to give her the hard truth for 15 minutes. And like, it was funny and we laughed. And then I was talking to her later and I was like, I think I want to do another podcast. I had had a bunch of podcasts before. They had all been just fun. And like, I never, I knew that I wasn't competing with like NPR right. or like, and this is like- No $60 million deal, deal This from is like Spotify. before people knew what podcasts were. This, right. was, this is like when Serial had just come out. Like this wasn't like what it is now. Right. So, and I had had a bunch of them throughout the years and they were always fun, but I, none of them ever took off. And I was like, it was whatever. And I learned a bunch. And I was like, I think I want to do another one. And this one needs to be the one that really hits because I really want to do it. Because every time I am a guest, it's fun and I like doing it. And my friend Kate was like, you have an idea and you said it on my podcast. Like, that's your idea. And I was like, you're right. That is my idea. So then I'm thinking and I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this by myself. It was December and I had just gone to Dominic's holiday show. Right. At your holiday show, we said, we're starting a group chat of me, you, Rebecca, and Tom. You were like, I'm starting it January 1st. Okay. This is that's why right. I thought of you. That's right. He was that's like, right. we're doing, I, he said, the fact that the four of us are not on a group chat together is a crime. And then he, right. and he was like, he called it the group chat to reshape all group chats. Which and, is still the name of that group chat. Which is still the name of it today. And then because you said that and we started texting a bunch more, I had this idea. I go to Dominic and I'm like, I have an idea for a podcast. Do you want to do it? I think it's about us just telling celebrities why they're fucking up what do you think about this? And he was like, yes, let's do it. I remember exactly where I was. I was upstate. I was in Athens, New York, and I was in Walmart. And I was there a few days after Christmas to purchase um, significantly lowered priced 
Christmas decorations for the following year, which I do <laughs> which, every year. Which is me and you are exactly the same. Person. I was going to say a, a paintball gun. Like, I what was, were you doing? I was saying, when this, but when this podcast was a born, I was, is that what you said? A paintball gun. <laughs> and uh, I just said yes. Yeah, and that was it. It was really there was no, and we, we recorded it like three weeks later or something, right? Yeah, Megan and Harry were our first episode to, just it, together, yeah. no guests. But then we just started having guests on and I had a bunch of friends that had done podcasts and like, we know a lot of people through the industry that we work in and we just started and and I think we- Well, first I you had know, to send me like, links. I was like, I don't know. You're like, what is a I'm podcast? Not, I was like, like, I'm doing no research. Uh, what do I buy? And you just sent me an email with all the links. I'm like, here, like, just buy all these things. I didn't even compare price. I just went on Amazon. I clicked on everything and just put add to cart, add to cart and then sat there as I still do every week trying to figure out what cord goes where while yeah. Chris just rolls his eyes and then I plug everything and then we just do it. You want to know something hilarious? When I started this show, I had a co-host who is my best friend, still my best friend, guys, too. By the way, everyone's like, what happened to Monica? I'm like, we're good. She just didn't have the guts. Uh, no. <laughs> but anyway. That's what we call a slam. <laughs> that is Ryan Murphy's next feud mini series. Yes. That's what I'm smiling right now. Love you, Mo. Um, because she, she'll listen. I hope, feud. anyway. Pauly and Mo. Pauly and Mo. Pauly and Mo. So we would do it at, <laughs> there was many iterations, but she would actually come to my apartment and I would have her set everything up and I would walk out and I'd be like, I'm the talent. I don't need to uh, fix uh, any of this. Dominic wishes. No wonder she quit. I, I, no, you have to, first of all, you guys would love her. She like has videos of me being like, no, 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 stop, do it again. No, 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 stop, do it again. Like, oh, because funny. it wasn't punchy enough, take you know. Another take, yeah. Another take. Yeah, who another are take. you, us interviewing the housewives? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> anyway, so I thought that I was going to be the talent and I wasn't going to have to fix any of this. And now look at me. This is a- Oh, you're a one woman show. I'm a one woman show. You can show. rent this studio out <laughs> yeah. at this point. And we might, so much we might have to. <laughs> we just might have to. Let's see how the tax refunds come out this year. Um, so anyway, you guys were saying- <laughs> Well, we're, oh, we were talking about the week and we started the podcast. We just started and it was something where we were like, oh, our friends will listen. Like, we'll, you know, like, it'll be funny. Like, we'll get a couple hundred people to listen. And then like, I think in the third or fourth week of us actually putting out episodes- randomly, I don't know how, and I still to this day do not know how, and I've even asked friends that work at Spotify how this happened, and they, no they truly said we have no idea, and they it just had, like, whoever was doing it that day picked you guys, but we got put on Spotify's, like, homepage for, like, new and noteworthy podcasts. That's how I found you. And so yeah. that's, yeah. And so that truly was, like, we were getting 2,000 downloads a day, which, like, at we that still time, which is like, you know what I mean? It's right. like that we have never replicated that much that consistently yeah. right. in the sense of, despite us being the 11th, you know, biggest podcast in the world. Um, we <laughs> I thought it was seven. <laughs> well, it, go, it depends on the week. Uh, we right. don't go lower than 11. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, that is sensational. Sure. But I think that really helped. <laughs> I think that really helped us get into a lot of people. Yes. Hands that wouldn't be like our friends. Yes. Uh, that we would just know from knowing us. And so it started like that. And again, like that went, then went away and I, like it dropped right off a cliff. And you were like, fuck, I quit. You know what I mean? And so, and not that we didn't then get good numbers and all that stuff, but it was like, nothing will ever compete with you being on when someone clicks the Spotify app, the first thing that they see is right. your podcast. Right, yeah. So we've had really good numbers and we've done really well and we're very, very thankful and very like happy. But it's like, we got a really good thing like that. And then it just so happens that I had done so many podcasts that Kate Casey had me on as soon as we, you know, started and like I promoted the shit out of it. My friend Chelsea Devontes let me put up like a trailer in the middle of her Harry, like Prince Harry memoir episode. That's right. That's that, right. Like before the podcast that's even right. came out that I like just explained I was going to have a podcast and she like in a huge episode of her podcast that she did that's not have to do. Very nice of her. With, yeah. yeah. With like Nikki Glazer as the guest. Amazing. And the book was like, remember when that book was coming yeah. out, it was like, I mean, it was all that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle of that, I th we then got like so many listeners downloading the trailer before there was even a podcast out and stuff like that. So we had a lot of help launching it in the sense of an audience, but we've just kind of improved and improved and improved and tried to be funnier and better and tweak what works and take out what doesn't and figure this out. And people want this. And that's like, how do we listen to our listeners while still being us and not like compromising whatever we want just to like, please, because someone wrote an Instagram comment or right. how does the show work well? And I think the it's biggest really thing evolved, is that- really. I, I remember in the beginning, I was like, 
the first one's like 45 minutes because I was like manic. If you like, listen to it now, it is not at all what our show is. Yeah, I bet. It's crazy. I bet. But the yeah. Harry and Meghan? But yeah. you were manic about like, we got I didn't to- want it to be too long. And eventually we just kept getting longer and longer. And now we're just like, now we're averaging 90 minutes a week and it's fine. Like yeah. no one, yeah. we've not lost our listeners because they've increased actually. So it's not- so funny. But what we do is we do a quality control of like, this is going on too long. This story is a tangent. Right. And although it's right. good, it's not, we need to move on and be at the task at hand, not do a 25 minute, you know, diversion to God knows what stupid thing. What was t- the, the dilapidated butthole? What did you say? No. What was the word? <laughs> Prolapsed <laughs> butthole. <laughs> Because um, I mean, dilapidated. I mean, Chris is is an artist that sketches prolapse (laughs) buttholes for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about. I'm dead. Anyway, we're fixing famous people. Essentially, we pick a guest every week that is going to be fixed as a celebrity that you think needs some fixing. Right? How are you preparing for your? pitch. So essentially these gentlemen, <laughs> they put together a pitch that they think is going to save their careers. Do you right. come up with this shit on the spot or? I mean, mostly now for me in the beginning, I would do a little bit of research and then I just found, I, I would have a pitch before the episode, but then as you know, as we all discussed together, the person, my pitch would change like in conversation, right. you know, like bouncing ideas off New of discoveries. other people. Yeah. So now I can truly, very rarely do I start the pod knowing what we're going to do. It usually just comes out of the conversation. It's terrifying. The research is that I pull the Wikipedia page up to look at and the read it while we're doing the podcast. And read it during the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it's the intro. I love that. And I, my favorite part truly is the middle name. When you Which do- again is just something that it just yeah. came out of absolute nowhere. And like, I don't even remember the first time you used to just read the middle names, like, cause you would pull up their Wikipedia page yeah, yeah. and then go on it. And like, you would just say their middle name. And then randomly one week you were like, can you, you should guess their middle name. <laughs> and then we just and started like, doing it. I mean, like did not tell me before. I look again. forward like, to it every week. And now it's I really like do. a huge part of the podcast is like, and it's that thing where we made it a joke and people thought it was funny. And so then we like expanded on it. And now it's become like a trope of our podcast. Right. Like we gave out an award at our Fixie Award. That was like best middle name. Like, you know what I mean? Who won the best middle name? Well, it was a tie between Demetria Devon Lovato <laughs> and Chrissy Steak Diane Teagan. That episode was so good, by the uh, way. That episode and that's another thing. So and that's another thing that we... <laughs> we first we would argue a lot about like who do we do next because we want like when the right. goop trial was happening Ugh. like we he was like we have to do it this week we have to, and we're like no we have to wait till the trial's over and then we were like every we would argue every week he's like it needs to come out like it, and I was like we need to wait we need to wait till it's over because then by the time we post it like seventy five new things would have happened and it's not even funny anymore yeah and we like used to really be like it needs to be whoever's in the press like right now and we started doing episodes that were. More of like a retrospective into their career. Right. Like Ellen DeGeneres is one that was like like Definitely like a lot of them are evergreen and they're better. You know, they're better because it's almost. You can find it whenever. Like not that the Goop trial isn't funny, but like we already went through it and we're over it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of any other time when we did something sort of in real time. I mean, Goop was one of them. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Fallon, we did the Oscars. Yeah. But everyone else, like the best to us and also what we feedback from the listeners, the best episodes are. They tend to be about people who have not been in the public eye recently, like Candace Cameron Bure. CCP. Another good one. Oh. Yeah. Like those episodes. And we have a couple of them coming up too that I feel like are pretty good. Like we do Playboy coming up, which is sort of- You're doing half or you're doing Playboy? Just Playboy. and Playboy. Oh, because you've got the girls with their podcasts now. You know, they have a podcast, right? Yeah. And it's funny. And they it, just did call her daddy too. Yeah. So they oh. should be getting- Which by the way, we didn't even like, we just were like, this will be good. And then it just so happens that they are like in the zeitgeist right Yeah, now. they are yeah. very much so in the zeitgeist. And even like when we, we did Justin Bieber recently, who like, I mean, I know he's always around, but there was no like impending scandal. It was just sort of like someone who's always on the verge of being scandalized or canceled. And those those episodes tend to be to me a little bit. Who's been your better. favorite fix? If, if if someone was to start watching your show today, who would you say, where would you say for them to this start? 
Wow, I cannot get sentences out. Um, I'm gonna. I was so happy with my fix for Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh, it wrecked me, wrecked me. And it's so funny because like we now have made it this big, and like not that we do, we don't actually care, but like we've it's become such a competition of like who wins. Okay, and what was, was the pitch for Jamie Lynn Spears? So what did each of you pitch? I said I always pitch first. And I said that I wanted her to become a reality TV villain. Yes. That like she's trying to be a good girl and everyone just knows, everyone hates her. So she needs to just lean into the hate, which is like something Dominic usually says about people. Right, right. And like, so I tried to do that. And then he hit us with, that there should be a versus with Jamie Lynn Spears and Britney Spears. They should they should do a versus and settle once and for all. Who's better? Because Jamie Lynn Acts and as her if. mother <laughs> act as though Britney and Jamie Lynn were having these successful careers like in, in tandem. tandem. It's so bizarre. Uh, you read the book, you, you right? Have to yeah, say a lot yeah, of yeah. things to yourself whenever your sister is like the most famous person alive, like alive <laughs> yeah, for good yeah. or for bad. Yeah, like alive. Yeah, that was a good one. For me. I'm trying to think of what my favorite. Um, I love Chrissy Teigen. That because also, he, well, here's the thing. Enough, like we, sometimes when we record them too, and like we had a really good guest, like Susie Banacaram was yeah, on that one, Susie and she's like an award winning journalist, and like she had a lot of good things to talk. About. Like you know, but sometimes you record them, and you're like, okay, like people will think that's, fun. and then people are like, they we loved, loved it. it, like blah blah blah. Like when we did CCB. Like, it was Dominic was like, why are we doing her? I, like really, you were mad. Like I he was, was like, why? she I don't needed know if I to be fixed. And our guest Katie was like, again, like wasn't coming in with like punchlines. She simply just like delivered atomic bombs on us and then just like allowed them to like- And you can hear like what I love about, (laughs) what I love about us, uh, well, I love many things about us (laughs) is that- when we're introduced to something new, it affects us both in the same way. So when Katie Rose and the guest on the CCB episode revealed to us that CCB was the hero in some series called Aurora Tea Garden. And she keeps talking, but you can hear, if you raise the volume, you hear Chris and I mumbling, what? No, no, no we hear like you, you hear stop, and then I stop, just stop. And then I just go, come again. <laughs> like, like, like we were so halted in our tracks and she's just like continuing to go on as if like that wasn't something that we needed to unpack. Like with Chrissy Teigen, we knew that we were going to talk about what's her name and how she had tweeted at her. And oh, said, uh, Allison, Mon- the, the, yeah. the, Monica something. No. Uh, I thought it was Allison. That's Allison Roman. Wasn't it Allison Roman? No, it was no. that woman who was married to Courtney Sodden. Courtney yes. Sodden. Oh my God. That's what her, that was her name. <laughs> How moved we were by her struggle. <laughs> we're like, who now? <laughs> Some woman. Yeah. Uh, like, um, I thought it was the baker. Like, well, didn't Googled- she have an issue with a baker or something? Like a, a, a chef? No, that, oh wait, no, now I'm like mixing pop culture no, stories. No, no. When you said that, I no? thought of Demi Lovato yelling at that yogurt store person. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know that story. Well, James Corden had an issue with a waitress. <laughs> the waitress, yes. Now, who did Chrissy Teigen? Is there a chef that she had I thought there was with? a chef. I thought it was Allison Roman. I could be, I'm, oh, I could be losing my no, chef. That was, oh. No, that was something else. That was something else. But it was yes, something, it right? Something. Okay. It was something. It was something. That was something else though. But when I was like Googling, like what happened here? So I don't like tell the story completely wrong. Or the like, ketamine stuff. Yeah, like anything that we do that's like, like I will Google a little bit just to make sure that I'm like up on the right. Sure. Like, like when we were recounting Justin Bieber, whenever he made his bodyguards like carry him on their shoulders up the Great Wall of China. I'm like, did I, re- am I remembering this correctly? Or is this like, so I make sure that I like know the stories. Right. And but not like read, but that's it. That day, at at a certain point during the day, I'll be like, oh, we're recording tonight. I should pull up the wiki page and just like, Chris, like refresh my memory. Do a little refresher. And in the process of doing so, you find out things like Chrissy Teigen, you know, had her armpit fat sucked out or whatever. It's just like, Okay, I'm writing that on a post set. <laughs> yeah. Like these are like, what's important? She tried to get a child to kill herself and she has obese armpits. We're done. That's an hour. People will yeah, laugh. We're yeah. good. No, it's true. It's true. It's a winning combination. I will say it is that, like we said, the seventh most listened to podcast in the world. In the world. Yes. And uh, what a true honor to learn about the origins of the show. I mean, mm. I am a huge fan and I so actually, much. I have, I have a fix for you. Okay. I have a pitch for the okay. show. For the show. You're fixing our show. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, picture this. Okay. Fixing famous people with a famous person. So in- Oh, we'd love it. We've, we have talked about it. I mean, come on. Imagine fixing G. Rose. Right to her face. That, or with Oprah. Mm, uh, so, so- Oh, oh, I mean, we'll do that any day. Sure. You're saying our guest is Oprah Winfrey? Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I would love yes. it. Yes. So you have to fix famous people with another famous person. This is the thing. I'm nervous they won't want to sit, do it. Well, they I won't. think people there's been, no, this know. Is the There's been a few people that are famous that I have been like, will you come on this show? And they are like, who would we do? Right. And then I have sent it to them. And then they've been like, 
as much as the, I desperately Okay, let's want go to, to a fantasy world. Okay. Where they can say whatever they want. So you have Will Smith fixing Jada Pinklet. Oh my Smith. God, yeah. Can you can imagine? You, could you imagine? A dream, a dream. It would be number one. It is a fantasy. Number one. <laughs> I, what I would do is- We'd have to go into hiding afterwards. You would be, yeah, you would be famous. You know, yeah, sure. like there's that, that sport you'll see, I, I see it on the internet once in a while, but it's like slapping contests. That's what <laughs> yeah. I would want the two Wait, of we them to do. we were just talking about this. Were we? Carson Kressley was talking about this. You're kidding me. And he was like, they slapped the, the shit <laughs> What I what is this? What deep what deep part it's of the internet like a is sport. this? Sport. <laughs> <laughs> same people, time, two same pitch. Each other and they smack each other. <laughs> it's insane. We listen to each other so much that I, we could we just know what the other person is saying. It sounded exactly the same. No, it sounded exactly the same. I cannot wait to send that to you. <laughs> that could be your new theme song. <laughs> it's a sport. <laughs> 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 my, my producer's gonna kill me oh when he hears God. out loud. I'm it's so a sorry. Sport. I'm clapping right it's in the mat. It's a sport. <laughs> you have separate tracks. They can lower everything. It's fine. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> when I tell you, these people are like huge, juiced up, like bodybuilder, and they just slap each other right they away. Smack and each someone other. will like slap someone and they will fall to the ground. They'll get knocked out. And for the second act of this episode, <laughs> Dominic and I will do. Oh, please. Oh it doesn't even matter. Can you even imagine? Oh my I can't. I really can't. Well, Two who- years from now, a live show will be selling out the cutting room where Dominic and I slap the shit out of each other. <laughs> And that will be the day the that show goes okay. viral. You're a foot taller than me and 20 <laughs> years younger. I will not engage in violence with you. Unless I can have a weapon. I have asked two actual famous people who I know just from years of producing a similar story to what Chris just told. And they love the podcast and they've listened to it. And they're like, I've asked them both. And I'm like, you should come on. They go, Hmm. Yeah, because it's sort of like, you know, this club that we're not a part of, which is like, I am a famous person. And both of them, without revealing who they are, are people who do come into contact with other famous people, like either on game shows or wh whatever it is. But they're both like, it would have to be like very specific and- Like, like so out of touch of our, yeah. And this is why I was the exact middle student at Sachem High School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a good idea. No, it is a good idea. And we have tried. Like, don't, like- you have Okay, an, with the housewives. So we're gonna get someone. Fixing we'll get famous someone. people with the housewives that are no longer on the show. Oh, I mean, the ones that are on the show, I can get, I mean, that yeah. we can do. But right. I mean, that will, that will, you'll skyrocket. It depends on the person. What would be great is if we, I bet we could get a housewife to come on the show if one of the people we were fixing was like their absolute enemy, who they wouldn't care about talking no, about. You I might even give them an opportunity to be, say nice things about them. I don't they even want to. They fix their image. No, but they yeah. can talk about like A-list celebrities too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we we, I, we will have housewives on the show. Yeah, eventually. or like every like, every no, Bravo like, Bravo celebrity. I have talked to them about it. Yeah, like, I, like don't worry, it's it it will happen. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, I'll live to listen another day. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we're on the topic of housewives, <laughs> okay, I just started watching. So I'm I'm a watcher of New Jersey because those are my people, and I feel like any single one of them could be like my aunt, right? Okay, so whenever correct. I go to my dad's house, I watch Jersey. I also worked for Melissa Gorga for a hot second when oh, I was wow. dancer. Okay. Um, yes, when she was a, a, a pop artist, okay. you know, she had her on song display, yes. on display, okay. on display. Yeah, so I was I was her choreographer. <laughs> yes, so imagine that. Um, so I don't watch the show often, but I did in preparation for this. I actually watched, decided to start to watch Salt Lake City. Oh, a good one. Very because, hot right now. So good, by the way. I have to say, like, I am like crackhead. I think I, I have one episode left. And she I'm has just, the finale left. And I have she the has finale. no idea what's coming. I have oh, no idea. I'm probing with questions that she doesn't know what's coming. Yeah, no, happen. I have no idea. But I have seen the TikToks that's like receipts, timestamps, receipt, like with the, yeah, to the no, Chicago song. Right. It's a really good episode. Instantly classic scene, like top 10 housewives scenes of all time. Any franchise, absolutely no doubt. No, get ready. You have, an you have a gift that you're about to unwrap. This many years after Housewives has started to have something pop up, like first, Last year's Vanderpump and then this with Salt Lake City is sort of like, it is a genre of television that will never go away. It's like these past 18 months have reinvigorated all of it. All the friends. It's, it's great. So you it's live great. to eat another day. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. yeah. <laughs> You'll safely be employed for the next 10 to 15 years, which is great because we were getting a little nervous with Bethany and all of her takedown, her Bravo takedown and all of all of the things. Yeah. But there are so many people that have, obviously we're all intrigued, right? We all want to know how it all goes down. And I'm sure that you're not able to share much. But what I have noticed on this season of The Housewives 
I don't know if this happens often with Salt Lake City, but they are breaking the third wall. So there was two episodes where they showed the producers. There was one when she's flipping out about the makeup, Lisa Barlow. And then there was another one where they have Meredith Marks texting the producer and it says, producer, I'm not, or how are you? So how involved are you as producers when setting up a scene? Like, do we just truly turn on the cameras or is there discussion as far as what is to happen in that moment? Chris should take this one. I haven't worked on Housewives in some time, but I don't think that the producing style is different, but you're doing it sort of more currently than I am. Um, I mean, no, it's, I'll answer it this way. If we just turned on the cameras and there was no like, and it was just like, do whatever you want. Like we wouldn't have a show. Right. Period. So it's, like whatever's happening in the moment and like whatever's currently happening, whatever just happened last week at X party, like should obviously be discussed. So like, and I don't think it's any, I mean, no one is like acting like there's no producing of the show at all. But what I will say is that these people are at their own free will and volition to do it. You know what I mean? To do and say. You can't produce Lisa Barlow to just be an iconic queen. You know what I mean? Like you can't produce her to lose her $60,000 ring in a bathroom at the Palm Springs airport (laughs) where then she's crying and then flipping out and reaching down into like the garbage can to try to find her $60,000 The poor woman put, the other woman put her hand in the tampon thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, And then they get into it. Right. That Which is you gold. Can. And, and Dominic can attest, it's like, you can do all the producing you want and then there will be something that happens that like is completely out of left field that is just like a spontaneous thing that happens and it's the funniest part of the whole scene. But do you think that there is any type of a like tactic now that they are showing the other side? Like they are showing the producers coming into a scene or was that just something that was completely unavoidable, like an editing thing? Like well, if they didn't what, leave I, it I in. I think it's been gradually happening mm-hmm. over the years because I, I remember years ago and I mean truly 15 years ago when I was producing on Housewives of New York. It was in season two and we shot a scene in uh, Alex and Simon Van Kempen's oh my God. house in Cobble Hill. Throwback. Where one of the cast members off season had said something about another cast member and Cindy Adams talked about it in the New York Post. So it was really a dilemma and it was the first time that anyone on a Housewives show allowed cast members to reference being on Housewives or being famous in general. And it was a whole thing. We were on the phone with the network. And then I guess Alex called Jill Zarin on speaker and had the New York Post in her hand. It was just like, why did you say this about me? Blah, blah, blah. And it sort of started, it was like the beginning of them acknowledging they were famous and just kept building and building until- We used to have them read, if they were good written about in the page six, we would have them read- like read the read story. it out right right you know right. what I mean right. like we yeah like if it was like the women were if we had had like a big party and there was all kinds of people there and it got written about that that night like the next morning and whatever scene there would we would have them read it sure and be like oh my god do you see that they wrote this right like, yeah right and so ending up with I mean I guess in the past two years like is I mean when Rena was on Beverly Hills like her interactions with people on Instagram and then just became legendary, legendary enough that she eventually it played a part in her having to leave Beverly Hills. Like it just became her off-screen antics in dealing with the show and who's being referenced on the reunion. And it just, so all these things sort of feed into now that you're acknowledging you're on the show, meeting the staff is just, I think it will go even further. Like I, I think eventually, eventually a producer is going to become part of a storyline for some reason. They're going to hate it, but they're not going to have a choice really, but you're right about it's happening more. Like you do see it evolving because the industry of housewives, like everyone who's a fan of it and follows Insta and Twitter knows how the show is produced. When bad shit happens on the show or your favorite character isn't being portrayed the way you want, the producers of the show literally get harassed online, like have their information posted, get receive hate online. Has that happened to you? Either of you? It has not happened to me. No, thankfully. People we know it has happened to for sure. Uh, And it's very unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And how close are you like encouraged to get? Because I would assume that the closer you are with this cast, the more open that they're going to be. Or is it kind of, or- It depends. It really depends. It depends. It's not, it's not encouraged. Like- encouraged is not the word. It just depends on who you're with and if you connect them or not. And yeah. this is that, you know, it, it, it depends. And now you two with such huge personality is like, I feel like you two are your main character, right? You have main character energy. Mm-hmm. So how do you, 
You do. You have you have main character. You have main character energy. How are you behind the scenes? And do you ever let your comedy and humor come out? And has it ever influenced or affected a scene? I don't know about influencing other than us doing our jobs. I will speak for both of us when I say it helps because you're matching their energy. I don't think you could be meek and produce something like no, Housewives. Correct. Yeah, Because they will, they will eat you alive. I mean, there are very few like mild-mannered Housewives producers because- you have to match their energy or because, because if they smell blood in the water, you're just done with, yeah. with, with anyone on housewives. That, that was my experience on the show. Like if they can't eat you alive, they will. So you have to show them, you know, that who you are and that you're in this together. Everyone's there to make a compelling television show. And they know that it is based on what is happening in their real lives. And they got to give you everything. So they need to trust you. Being direct with them is also, I think, something that's very... Now we're just getting into producing styles. Yeah, but, but it's like, the only way. Yeah, Being very direct is very something that I don't see a lot of, which is funny. And I do it with everyone and it has always helped me. And even your previous employer, Melissa Gorga, will comment on my Instagram and say, the housewives whisperer. Because it's something where you... <laughs> you like that one. I love it. Being very direct and being firm, but then also bringing them into the conversation is a huge part of the thing. Because at the end of the day, it's a show about them. It's not a show about like what I want them to be. That's not... I think that there's a big misconception that like we want them to be these characters that aren't who they are. Whereas like a huge part of our jobs is to get them to be honest about the way that they actually feel and not what they want to put on for the show. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And it's really like you, you have to, I think to be a housewives producer, a good one, you have to be a fan of the show mm-hmm. and a fan of, but not in a gross way. Right, right. And a fan of women, you know, and a fan of just what is compelling television. And they'll know, like they want to look to you to know that they are doing a good job. And on a show like that, doing a good job is being your actual self, not the produced yourself produced version and access. Just that's what makes those shows good. Honesty and access really. And also like, okay, here's something that has just happened to you. That is very hard. Like where can we meet in the middle where you feel okay? And I feel like I'm getting the true story. Like say that something out of the middle of nowhere, someone gets sued. Let's just say it's devastating. They don't want to talk about it. It's embarrassing, whatever, blah, 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 legal, this, that how do we meet in the middle of like what we need to be doing? And like, how do we tell this story without you feeling that we're like taking advantage of it? And you right. feel that like, you feel that you're telling the story yourself and yet you're not, I don't know. What is it like? It's just about being, it's, no, but it is about being honest. They it's about being honest. I remember yes. I EP'd a Bravo show called blood, sweat and heels. This was like 2012 ish, yeah. I think. And one cast member was getting picked on by the other cast members and at a dinner party and I was furious and they were supposed to go to a a polo match in Jersey the following weekend. And she called me and said, I am absolutely not associating with them. I'm not going to this polo match. And I said, you, I can't make you do anything, but if you are the only person absent from that, you will also be the only person that they will be talking about. And not because they're going to be instructed to, but because that's the natural thing that any cast would do on a show like this. And she hung up and then texted me 10 minutes later. She's like, obviously I'll be there. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, and again, I'm not twisting your arm, but I, we're not going to not shoot the polo match because one cast member doesn't want to go. Right. And you know, if you're not there, this name of the scene is going to be the women talk about and the cast member's name. And so that's it. And when you do sign up for a show like that, I mean, you do the you Lord's do work. sign up, you give your, in 2024, you give your, life to it. Like you've got to have, you got to make sure before you appear on a show like this, that you carve out a special part of your life that you don't reveal or share with anybody. Cause you need something because everyone thinks it's the dream until they're in it. You're going to be photographed everywhere. There's not going to be a moment. Hopefully you get a bathroom stall where the door goes from ceiling to floor. Cause if you don't, people are going to be putting phones underneath it. That's just the, the life of a of a reality star now, really. Yeah, it's unbelievable the it's influence. Not, like, it, it, I and I tell if like I say I'll work on a new show with like season one people. I say you are signing up, and there are going to be so many doors that are going to open for you, but you are going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And whether that be like monetarily or otherwise, like 
I quote Omarosa all the time. I said, you never have to worry about me stabbing you in the back because I cut from the front. Like, <laughs> I'll be the first person to say, you are about to get your shit fucking rocked. Yeah. So we, buckle and up and like, don't, let's go. You they know what understand I mean? it. Like, as this entire Jen Shaw moment unfolded, I'm thinking to myself, how stupid do you have to be to think you were going to get away with that? It's like the moment you become famous... Anyone who has an axe to grind with you is going to start fucking grinding. So Even ones that don't, they're going to make shit up. Of like they made, like of course. Like well, was, and then on top of that, you don't pay your workers and all this. You know what I mean? That's like the thing. on top it's of like, like you actively are making enemies all the time. <laughs> like, the, the moment you think if you're on a reality show, it's like oh, no one's going to find out about this. It's going to be in the post the following day. Like it's a guarantee. It's crazy. It really is, but. Gentlemen, I didn't realize how much of the Lord's work that you do on that show. I, didn't, I did not Absolutely. realize like Absolutely. how involved, and I'm sure it also like takes an emotional toll on your personal lives as well. Like well, it, was, it did. I, that's why I stopped doing it. I mean, yeah. it is. It is. And this is look. A job is a job. Those are good jobs. They're great producing jobs. Yeah, they're very much like boot camp, but they do get exhausting. And I did a half of a season EP in season four of Atlanta, and then EP the first season of Don't Be Tardy. And I was done. And I loved all the people involved, the like everybody, but it was, it's tiring. I mean, it's especially running a show like that. And there are many people who they know who they are. I won't name them, but have been doing only these shows, running them for years and years. And it's tough. It's tough. And I have not, I just, I feel like I need to say for the record, I have not worked on these shows in about 10 years. I, I'm the oh, wow. executive producer now. I was the executive producer of Long Island Medium for the <gasps> last 10 years. And now I'm the EP of uh, Teresa Caputo's new show, Raising Spirits, which debuts on Lifetime this January. Oh, and my I'm God. On purpose. Please leave that in because as I'm talking about difficult town and stuff, I need to be very clear. <laughs> I am not speaking about Teresa Caputo when I say that. Well, you Different like, genre. Of I love her. Yeah, she's wonderful. Oh, my she's God. Wonderful. I love her. I'm a huge fan. And even with like talking about things like this, like publicly, it's like people will grab this and then try to twist it and say that this and then blah, blah, blah. And, then blah, sure. blah. and it's like, that's just simply not. What it is, sure. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. But I th even like interviewing them, like if you're in an interview chair with them for all day long, like you're emotionally exhausted at the end of it because mm -hmm. you're like going on the roller coaster with them. You're reacting to things. You're laughing. You're giving them feedback. Well, you're feedback. feeding like, them questions, right? Like, that's that's the way the confessional you know, works, right? They don't just them, turn. No, you're like, what do you think when this happens? Right. Like, sure. And then they tell you. You know what I mean? It really, everyone tries to act like it's like this big, like magical spell that we cast. It's like, it really is just like, okay, when this person said this and then this happened, like, wh what are you thinking? Like, and that's the challenge of that whole job is you want authentic. real. It has to be based in reality, but it also has to be interesting and cut well and be given in nuggets that are palatable to people watching the show. So that's where the producing part comes in, at least for me when I worked on those shows is like, this is great, but like we need to get from A to B in a different way because you're going in so many, you know, we still have to tell a story. Right. So, I felt like, I feel like that's sort of like what you're asking. Like, how do you influence the storyline? You really, you're not supposed to, you know, yeah, but you correct. do still as a television producer have to be like, you know, if you're going to tell someone to fuck off, you should probably do it while we're rolling and don't call me in the morning and say we're doing it. So if you're mad, <laughs> get mad no, while the crew is here. And you know what I mean? Or being like to us, like this person did this thing and I'm so upset about it. And then show up to a scene and be like, this is my best friend. And I'm like, hold on, yep. you just told me, like, let's all, like, you know, like you just told me A, B, and C happened to you and now you're gonna pretend that didn't happen and just be fine with this person. And again, I, this is completely generic. Right. And like, you're just gonna pretend that this is like all's good in the world. Like, that's not what you just told me two days ago. Right. So what's happening? And there are a certain types of reality shows. My understanding is that a lot of them are fully scripted. Housewives does not fall into that correct. into that category. Absolutely only. correct. And like whenever people say, oh, it's all scripted, I'm like, do you know how good these shows would be if they were scripted? Do you know how much slapping there would be but not yet, if, if these were scripted? No, but, but also too, it's like there's things that happen and it's like the people are so real. Like there's real moments that happen that you couldn't write. Right. Do you know what right. I mean? Like I distinctly remember a scene. It was from Real Houses of Orange County where Vicky and Tamara are shopping in a store and like Tamara's already shopping in the store and Vicky comes in. Vicky gets her heel like stuck in like the- Great. Great of the like, basically just like the the mortar of the of the 
floor in the store and can't. And she's like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> and then Tamara's like trying to help her. And then Tamara's like something, her, her pants rip or something. And no. then and then, I don't remember and then she has a nipple cover and it falls off and falls on the ground. Nope. And they go, what's that? And she goes, that's my nipple cover. No. And it's like, it's truly like what you dream of as a producer <laughs> where like, it is not scripted. It is completely authentic. And they just like, a comedy of errors just happens and it's so real and funny and they're truly laughing because it's like they have just embarrassed themselves on camera and it is so funny and they know it's so funny and it's like yeah. you, we would never ever in our lives be able to, be be able like, to produce okay, that you're gonna get your heels stuck then you're right. gonna fall then your nipple right. cover is gonna fall on the ground like it's just those those moments that you have that are so real that like are way more important than like the moments where like someone's telling someone else that they're a horrible person like that just like are the backbone of the show that like I am I'm so excited that you're about to watch the Salt Lake finale. I know. I can't wait. That you don't know, like, the. it's like, it's just I so just know something about receipts because I keep watching. You've seen oh, this, right? The, yes. It's, it's oh, like yes. Chicago. No, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's like this TikTok. They did it to like sell Yes, and it's to like receipts. Mm-hmm. Proof. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. So I'm dying. So you guys need it's, to get the fuck out of here yeah. soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, yeah, I've never been more excited about something on television. Like, it truly is crack. I Now I understand. So thank you for bringing bringing reality TV back into my life. Um, I'm like fully committed. Okay. So do we have a favorite? Now I'm not talking about housewives or anything that you've worked on. Do you have a favorite reality TV show? Like of all time or current? Of all time. Uh, uh, ooh, both. Of all time. I mean, this is terrible, but there was a show <laughs> called The Swan, which was basically a classic. Where they changed their face. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> Only because it's so iconic that I would put Flavor of Love sort so of up there with the swan. I think I Love New York is probably mine. Yeah. It's the oh. one I quote the most. Like season one, I Love New York. No, I'm so sorry. Flavor of Love, like season one. With New with York. New York, mm-hmm. like as one of the cast members is I think. And if you watch back now, you're like, this is so horrific. Horrific. And it's, but at the time it was so funny. And these people became so famous, like, Overnight, and it was yeah, yeah. Tiffany Pollard, yeah, yeah. Beyond made for television, so giving. And you know what? Like back, very quick, diverting. But when you were saying like the people, you know, oh, you're seeing the crew, we're seeing this, they're talking about the show, the Ultimate Girls trips. Like that was a big part of that show. Mm-hmm. Starting was like them like being able to talk about the shows, and it's kind of become its own thing. That is very. If you haven't seen any of those, haven't like, seen it. They talk a lot about what it's, it was like on their shows, what it's like this. You see a lot of the crew. You see a lot of like us talking to them. Like it's very, the normal conceits of the show where you're like, all right, we're not on a TV show. We're friends. Like doesn't exist anymore. And it's very, like for someone that's interested in that, like go watch those. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to have to watch, but I, I need to get to what I've got to get to yes, first. And then, and then we'll get to the, what is it called? Ultimate Girls Trip. It's on Peacock. UGT. Do they like, do they go anywhere fab? The or? first season was Turks and Caicos. And then the second season was up in Dorinda's house in the oh, Berkshires. Oh. And then the third season, we went to St. Bart's. Oh, okay. That's yeah. very chic. Oh, I cannot imagine those women in St. Bart's actually. Oh, no, the third season, they went to Thailand. There was a season in Thailand. And then the, the fourth season is St. Bart's. There four of them? Yes. Have you done all four? I No, I just did four. Oh. Okay, the lack of culture in some of these women in Thailand. Like, could you imagine? Well, I, I did imagine because I watched it. <laughs> I don't need Watch to imagine. It. I can just see. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, gentlemen, I feel like we've got it all accomplished. We're all going to watch the show. We're going to be friends. We're going to drink Long Island iced teas. Oh, of course we are. Before we do Dash, I do want to ask you both, though, if you have any advice for someone that might want to get into television production, EP, what would your advice be to the young people of the world? Watch television. There's so many people that when I was starting out were like, I don't even watch TV. And I was like, why are you here? And work on a show that you love if you can. Because when I, as I mentioned earlier, I was like a news person. And then at the end of college, I was like, I can't think of anything more boring. I was like, but I do like comedy and I love Joan Rivers. And I just wrote at the time a letter to the Joan Rivers show. (laughs) And, uh, that's it. So just look, I do see a little pockets of people like PAs who, when they work really on the show, be there. right. They're like, Oh, I've watched the show for years and I can't believe I'm here. Like do that. It's better to learn something when you're in an environment, like you like it, you know, yeah. if, you know if you're showing up to work being bitter, like I have to be on this show because blah, blah, blah. Like if you're going to be a PA and make PA money 
at least do it on a show yeah, I'm sure, like, that yeah. you're already you're, in love with. You know, it'll just make it easier and you'll you'll learn more yeah. on a show like that. That makes so much sense. Well, the people want to find you on the internet first. Where can they listen to the show and on what day do you put new episodes? Um, we have episodes every Wednesday. The show is Fixing Famous People. The Instagram is at Fixing Famous People. Um, you can find me at the Krista Rosa and we have a Patreon Ooh, also. Where there's nice. bonus episodes. There's We take tangents that we cut out of the show and make those episodes. There's just like the cutting room floor. Um, we have a bunch of stuff going on and we have, we're going to be doing a bunch of very fun stuff coming up. So you can find it at patreon.com slash fixing famous people. Yes. Get that money, honey. That's right. <laughs> Dominic, you're at. I'm at Dominic Pupa or my website is domentary.com or you can just go to the fixing famous people Insta page and find me lurking there and link back to my pages. <laughs> and we're all going to come to the Christmas show next year. Please do. Oh, yeah. I almost was going to come this year, but I was like, oh my God, they will think I'm such a freak if no. I show up. No, no but now you're going. Oh yeah, I'm coming. coming. Yes. I might even do a kick line chorus for you. <laughs> there you should. I could still do the split. There splits. are fixies at every show. I can't tell you how many people are disappointed outside of New York. They're just like, is Chris here? I'm like, no. no. Did you like my fucking show though? Is that what you bought a ticket for? Oh, Thankfully they were all okay with it. Okay, but yeah. that, that means we're on the verge of fame. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess. You're right? a duo. Sure. You're like the new Donnie and Marie. We don't, we... <laughs> I'm just trying to think of which one. Which one's Yeah, be. I know. That's why you're... <laughs> she is beat for the gods. I will yeah, say yeah, that. Like, yeah, she I always mean, looks good. I mean, well, because she yeah, doesn't... Your face tuning doesn't hold a candle. <laughs> that's a live face tune. There is a dwarf living in her wig holding her hold her cheeks back in a knot. That one's insane. <laughs> so she looks good doing it, though. No, get get all the work done you want. She looks younger than me. That's sure. for goddamn sure. She looks amazing. Ugh. Ugh. You know, you guys... Polly, thank you. Polly. It's been a real pleasure, guys. <laughs> Let us know when Polly and Moe's coming out. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Murphy's feud. Polly and Moe Polly is like a thing. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to World Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, we would love if you could share this episode with a friend. And if you're not yet subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, please do so. And if you happen to have a little bit of time, we would love if you could leave us a five-star rating. We're also doing our thing on social media. So give us a follow at World Your Oyster Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And because we are omni-channel girlies, don't forget to stop on our website and subscribe to our newsletter, www.worldyouroyster.com. You could also read my blog there, check out the back catalog of Paula's picks, or you can drop by and listen to a few episodes while you're there. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And I can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye.